Hello. Hi, is this Kayla? Yeah, this is Kayla. Kayla, hi, it's Stephanie calling from Yahoo Finance. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. Um, Yeah, if you want to start and take us from the top of like, what year was it? What were you doing at this time? Um, How did you get involved in Kayani? Who was that person to you? Okay. Um, So it was March of 2016. And I had basically just been pushed out of a job. And I was super low on money. And I was also a full-time college student. So trying to make that work and a job, like it was just super difficult. It was, it was somebody I've known for a long time. We were, um, we kind of fallen out of contact, but I saw her posting a lot about um, the business that she had started. And she was saying, you know, um, she was, she was just really blessed that this opportunity had come into her life and she just had all these business partners and she was just really enjoying what she was doing. And I, I immediately was interested. I was kind of like, wow, like that sounds like a really cool thing. And I was really impressed that she had, I, from what it looked like she had started her own business. And finally she reached out to me and it was just kind of, you know, Hey, how are you doing? Um, I really want to catch up. I want to tell you about this opportunity. Let me take you out to lunch. So we went out to lunch together and she really um, built up this opportunity. And she explained to me, it was a health and wellness company. And she has, uh, or she had been struggling with a few like health ailments. And apparently these products had just like cured her of everything. And she said, you know, I think the product can do the same to you. So I have a few mental health issues. Um, and she basically said like, you know, it can like cure your depression. Interesting. I, I didn't really believe that at the time I was just kind of like, okay. But, um, she just said, you know, it, it just, anything that you're struggling with, like these products help. What were Sorry, the products? What were the products? Was it you said health and wellness, but like help us better understand? Was it supplements? Was it powders? Um, you know, creams? What was it? It so Kayani has it's called the Triangle of Health. So it's three. That is main such a products. bad look for something that doesn't want to appear as a pyramid scheme. I know, is it right? Triangle. <laughs> So it's called, yeah, they're they're three main products and they've added some um, since I've been out of the company, but um, they they had a juice, kind of a juice pouch that you take in the morning. And then they had this, um, it's not an oil, but it's kind of, it's it comes in a dropper and you, you put it like on your tongue and you take that throughout the day. And then they have these um, just revolutionary fish oil pills that you take at night. So those were the three products. And she gave me samples of all of those. I want to say that revolutionary is in quotes, right? That's their language, yeah. not yours. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she gave me samples of those. And I was kind of like, okay, I'll try it. And then she said, you know, actually, this is great timing because 
there's an event that night and you can come and you can meet some of the leaders. And I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. And I don't even know why I went, to be perfectly honest. I think it was just, I'm really curious now. Did something and like she, not make sense to you immediately because you said she started her own company, but then she wanted yeah, to introduce I, you I to leaders? Kind of, You're like, who else are you working with? I thought this was like, yeah. this was a solo venture. Who are these people? Yeah, I was kind of like, okay, maybe she just misspoke at first. But yeah, I mean, saying like, you have business partners, but it's your company. Um, yeah, it, it just it didn't make a whole lot of sense. But I was yeah, intrigued. you were curious. You just go want to go check it out. Yeah, I can see that. For right. Sure. So um, I got roped into this. They called it a PBR, which is a private business reception, and it's kind of like a mini. Uh, mini presentation and you have a few not even top leaders in the area but I mean people that have ranked up enough so um so basically they I went there and they um presented the information they presented the opportunity and I'm kind of going like okay um this sounds like something I could do, but basically they're saying like, you know, you're just sharing the product. And I think someone said something along the lines of, you know, um, can you do what the person did to bring you here? Like, can you ask your friends out to lunch? Can you um, ask your friends to catch up? Well, yeah, you know, of course I could do that. And they're kind of, they're saying, well, that's all you really have to do. You're just sharing the opportunity and you're bringing people to meet the leadership. Like it sounds so simple. And then I'm going, okay, what's catch? Right. Never at any part. Did anyone use the verb sales or selling? Yeah. It just, it was sharing. Sharing, not sales. Got it. And I've heard this kind of uh, from a lot of kind of uh, former distributors. It's, it's, um, they relate it to, you know, well, you would tell your friends, you know, about a restaurant you like or a movie you like, right? And so, like, that's basically all you're doing. You're just saying, like, hey, I had this opportunity and I really like this and I'm going to share it with people. They make it sound so simple. Um, but then finally we got to, well, how much does this cost? And I was immediately taken aback the package that they wanted most people to buy was around like $600. Ouch. And I didn't have that money at all. And the only reason I was able to sign up was because one of my uplines basically said he would give me half of the money. And that's how I got started. What did you get in exchange for your, I mean, it was your 300 bucks, but what did you get in exchange for the $600? Did you get any product? Did you get a catalog? Did you get any samples? So I got, it was a month's worth of products. And then what else? I I got like a subscription or something for, um, a website that we had. I'm forgetting exactly what it's it was. Okay. I just want to know if you walked away with 
something or if you walked away with nothing after that presentation? It it was basically nothing. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so yeah. um, this has been a whirlwind of a day for you because you meet with this acquaintance for lunch and then like by the evening you've spent 300 bucks and like all these people in this room are telling you that your life is about to change. That's well, kind of I a big probably, deal. Um, yeah. So the, I didn't spend 300 bucks that evening. Oh, um, okay. I think it was like a week or so later. That's when we actually like launched my business and launches in quotes. That's what they called it. Right. Okay. But yeah, it was, it was a weird day. Sounds like it. Um, so then what happened? So it's a, it's a week past that meeting. Where was that meeting anyway? Was that, or that presentation? Um, so PBRs are generally in somebody's home. Oh, interesting. Okay. And, um, um yeah. if you can remember, I know you said it was a couple of years ago, but what type of language was in that pitch? Like, did anyone use any buzzwords like detox or transform or clean eating or food sensitivity or allergy? Sort of any of those words? Um, definitely detox. And um, when it came to like finances, they would, a lot of it was like time freedom and all of this just you can be financially free and um what is it like uh passive stream of income like all of those things got it and did anyone ask any questions um you know I honestly can't remember, you don't remember. it was a long time ago it's no big deal yeah <laughs> um so it's like a week from this meeting and you launch your business was anyone giving you any instruction on like this is what this product does? Um, this is how you market yourself. This is how you launch this. Or um, sort of what was the immediate focus? Because you're you're selling things like ingestibles, correct? Like things that people put in their body and that yeah. metabolize. So was anyone in that room that you can remember like a healthcare professional? Or... Oh, absolutely not. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. So um, basically, you get launch. You have um, your sponsor there and um, an upline there that can launch you. And what they want you to do is just basically send off a bunch of messages because they're like, you're a new distributor. You're really excited. You know, you take that excitement. And you just send out as many messages as you can and just, like, channel that excitement. There was no instructions on really what to do. What did the messages say? Um, just basically, um, hey, you know, I just started this really exciting opportunity. Um I, I can't exactly remember. But, but similar just, to the message that your acquaintance sent you though it it was um it was a little different which like confused me and I wish I had those scripts with me I can't exactly remember but it was just like 
just channel that excitement. Got it. And they also said um, try to get customers as well. So that was like also a focus. So just say like, you know, message your mom and just say, hey, I'm really excited. Will you try this product? How much did these products cost? So the Rival of Health was over $100 for the three products for a month. That's expensive. Yeah. And definitely, um, I could only afford them, I think, for like three months. And then I had to stop my own auto ship. So um, I feel like in our first conversation, you talked about like your upline told you to write a list of like your warm leads. Um which yeah. was like your, yeah, if you could talk about that, that'd be great. Yeah. So basically you um, have your warm market and your cold market. So I think it was, there was a whole worksheet and I think it was like your top 10. So write down like the top 10 people that you want to have in your business. Um, and they should be your friends, your family, you know, anybody that you're close to. And um, throughout my time, just as a distributor, we would have different meetings and we would have different worksheets and we would do like a top, you know, something list. And they, we would have all these like memory joggers, you know, like who's your dentist, who's your, um, you know, uh, barber, who's your, you know, whatever. And that that's how else you would try to get names to contact. So you said that your, of all the people you had on your warm market, you said you had only two people who bought from you and that was your dad and that was your grandmother. Correct. Yeah. So did they buy from you just because, do you think they bought from you just because they love you? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And how long did they purchase or sort of subscribe to this? I I think my dad did a couple months and then my grandma, she might've done a little bit longer. It, it was not like, it, it couldn't have been more than six months, but my grandma had to stop after she got an allergic reaction to one of the products. Tell me more. She, um, not about your, rea- not about the allergic reaction. Tell me more about, um, what your upline said. Okay. Yeah. So he basically, I I said, Hey, you know, my grandma had to stop purchasing this. Uh, She had an allergic reaction and he said, well, her body was just detoxing. Like she should have kept with it. It it means basically that, um, yeah, the, the products are just helping to detoxify everybody from their horrible diet. This was another thing that they kind of harped on, you know, like how horrible our diets are, how infected our foods are with pesticides. So when anybody would say, Hey, I I don't like these products or, or like our products, I'm having a bad reaction. They would say, you know, tell whoever that is to keep going with the product because their body is just detoxifying from all of the crud that, you know, you put in it. It is pseudoscience. Peak pseudoscience. Um, Yeah. And like none of these people have any academic background in nutrition or medicine or anything. So 
No, no. Consider the source. Yeah, it it was just, it it was bad. So your dad and your grandma purchased, presumably, I'm guessing that there were eight people that were also on your warm leads list. Did they just kind of say like, thanks, but no thanks? Like, we're not interested? Yeah, it was my mom. It was a few family members. Um, I have a few doctors in the family and they pretty much shut me down and they were on my warm list. And then, um, I had put basically my two best friends down and I never really approached them about it, but I said that I did. I was just so scared to like message them about this and potentially like ruin my relationship with them. Was a little piece of you, like, were you embarrassed? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but sort of why didn't you want to approach them? You didn't want to jeopardize that relationship? Yeah, I just, I mean, I just felt like I was, I was bugging people. Um, I I was a little embarrassed because I'm like, this isn't like a real job. This isn't like, I don't have my own business. I... I wasn't really familiar with network marketing as an industry before I started this. Um, but I, I had known people that had done network marketing and they were just spamming and spamming and spamming everybody. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to jeopardize my, like my good friendships over this. When you were spamming and spamming people, did that come from, was that direction directive from your upline? Um, so sorry, I wasn't the one spamming. It was people that I'd known. Oh, I understand. Marketers, yeah, d- different network marketing that was spamming. They actually told us don't spam. Interesting. What did um? What kind of things did your upline tell you to do? So how? So the the. Acquaintance that brought you, that invited you to lunch and then brought you to this PBR, which is an unfortunate name because it's a beer. Yeah. Um, we, uh, they even made like jokes about that. <laughs> so when you went to that person's living room, that acquaintance that brought you there, was he or she not your upline? Did someone else come in? No, she was my upline. Um, Yeah, she was my upline. Oh, so then someone, like, above her would tell you sort of what to do? Um, yeah. It was, I think, basically, her sponsor was kind of how I got most of my directions, and he would get it from somebody else who would send it through somebody else and would kind of go down the chain. Follows up the pyramid, of course. Exactly. (laughs) So what kinds of things did your upline to the second power ask or sort of ask of you? How often was this person involved in your life? How often would they chirp you or how often would they um, suggest you do certain things? I mean, like every day I was at least in communication from somebody in like my organization and he in particular was pretty involved. Um, he basically, um, every day you were supposed to reach out to somebody, uh, multiple people, if you could. So just like every day, like message somebody new or follow up or something. And as, as far as posting, 
Um, I can't remember specific rules. They said, don't spam, but you know, post, um, post things that I, I was like looking at my old post, for example. And I, I posted, you know, I was, uh, at this country club for a meeting with my uplines. And I said, you know, oh, this is my office for the day, you know, like, um, entrepreneur like hashtag entrepreneur like those kind of posts or motivational posts that kind of thing yeah so someone would look at that and be envious of like man i'm in this cube with fluorescent lighting like wouldn't i i would much rather be on a golf course right now at a country club right of course i get that that's um pretty common with uh the way that mlms are packaged on social media Um, exactly yeah I would love to I would love for you to talk about um how you guys would meet at a Starbucks for like your power hours. Yeah, so we um I think it was either through different Facebook groups or text message or something like there would be uh just you know there would be advertised a power hour. Come to, you know, the Starbucks and meet with, you know, so and so who's really ranked up in the company and you can um just work with them or whatever and well they'll help you with scripts and sending out messages so we would a lot of us would meet up at these starbucks or coffee shops or whatever for power hours and these people would be there for like like eight hours sometimes and this is what you would do. Like you would go and you would meet up with people and you would just send out message after message after message. And these uplines would be there to help you, you know, walk through conversations. And um, something I didn't mes- mention, I think last time was um, we would do things, uh, these things called three-way calls. So you would get your prospect on the line and then even if your upline was in the same room like you would step outside or they would step outside and then if your prospect just agreed to a three-way call with your upline you would merge the calls and then your upline would talk about the business for you what was that for what was like the reason for that they they basically said that you know the people that you know know you for you. They they might not know that you're a, a business owner or they might know that you partied a lot in high school or whatever. So getting someone else on the line that they don't know that appears qualified can potentially make them see you in a different light. So it and adds more like sort of the, in the business. Okay. So it adds like a little specter of legitimacy of having like a grown-up come in because you're you're in college you're an undergrad when all this is happening yeah the i can't get over the eight hours spent at a starbucks like that is yeah what else did your upline sort of give to you so you're you made your list of your your warm leads your cold leads you blew through all of those you went to your upline and you said what direction do i take next and what did he say Oh, that. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't directed to me, but they would say, you know, basically you never, you never like blow through a list. There's always more people to talk to. And 
they said in these trainings that we go to sometimes they would recommend you know drive for uber like even go on a dating site you know just like talk to people put yourself in a situations where you get to talk to people um and one of my uplines even after school some days like he would just stand in the quad and hand out these surveys that said you know are you interested in making more money and that was just like that that was cold marketing to people that you don't know so even from the beginning it sounds like the emphasis was on getting people in your downline not so much emphasis on selling the product yeah um it it really it, it was about getting people in your downline and what they really wanted you to do like was make your first sale as quickly as you could um, because then that, you know, that ensures belief like, oh, I actually can do this. So whatever it was, customer recruiting, yeah, just make your first sale, get your first check. Okay. Um, So you were hearing from your upline. He was chirping you every day. Was it like, how was that person as like a manager were they supportive or probably in the beginning, right? Because, you know, this person was incentivized to cradle and foster your success, right? Like that person right. was making a percentage of everything that you did. So it's in his best interest that you perform. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, at first, very, very supportive. Uh, you know, he would make sure we... Um, like, for example, he would make sure that I knew about these morning calls that we had, um, these breakfast of champion calls. Like, every morning you were expected to get on um, this conference call at 8 a.m., like, every morning. So stuff like that. He would make sure and also just kind of, like, check up on me, seeing how things were going. So in the beginning, he was very supportive, yeah. And then when did that change? It would kind of go back and forth. Um, if I was doing something really well, he would be supportive. If I, for example, like didn't show up to a meeting or on a call or something, it would turn into basically like guilt tripping. And also when there would be like a new person in the organization that, you know, one of my other uplines got that he was working with, all the attention would be on them. So it was kind of like... Yeah, you would just kind of be forgotten about. And so you're talking about like eight hours at a Starbucks, joining these daily 8 a.m. calls. Meanwhile, you're a college student. You have like a full course load. You have friends. You probably have clubs. You're doing this and you're not making any money. But how much do you think – how much time do you think you were devoting to this per week? And I know that it kind of like dropped. There was like a kind of a dramatic drop off for you at the end. But for like the first four or five months, what do you think your time commitment was? Um, you know, I, I would probably relate it to basically having a part time job. Um, I would maybe like 20 hours a week. But you're not making um, any money. Not making any money. And something that they had said in like the presentation was, you know, you, anybody can fit this into the cracks of their schedule because you can work as little or as 
as much as you want. But what they don't tell you is you have these conference calls, you have these weekly meetings, you have these trainings, you have these conventions, and it it no longer becomes something that fits into the crack of your schedule. Like you have to devote a lot of time to it. When did sort of that bubble burst for you? Um, how do you mean? Like sort of when you realize like this was all a myth, like I can't work from anywhere. I can't work from my phone. Like I really have to dedicate time to this. And you're just kind of banging your head against a wall. When did that that moment happen for you? You know, I, I can't pinpoint it. And I think a lot of these realizations came on very gradually. And yeah, I, I, I can't give you an exact answer of like when that happened, but I was, I was aware of it from a very, very early start. Cause I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Right. What they had told me and what I'm experiencing, like it just doesn't add up. Uh, you know, it would be a good segue now. If you told me about, um, you had like a middle school friend that you reached out to. <laughs> so we, we had a training I, I I think it was like a monthly training and this really, you know, uh, high up person in the company was here uh, in San Diego and it was a huge deal. And he was doing like a, a private training for us. And um, he said, you know, I have this script that I think he wrote and he said like, this has a hundred percent success. A success rate like every single time you know people have responded positively to it and he put it up on the powerpoint whatever and he's like you know take a minute copy it down whatever and I was just going through my I was I think at the point I was literally just going alphabetically through my Facebook friends list because I had run out of people to talk to in my warm market so I messaged this girl and I think I had, she and I weren't really close, but you know, it's just one of those people, one of that you have as a friend from middle school or, you know, well. um, so I messaged her that script and I think there was like a few back and forth here and there kind of, um, about the business. She was a little bit curious and then she blocked me and I turned to my upline who was right there and I was like, she just blocked me. Like, what do I do? And he said, congratulations. She blocked you. That's awesome. That's another person you can cross off your list. Meaning that because you crossed her, because you could cross her off and she wasn't interested, you could move on to someone who potentially could be interested. Well, she wasn't going to be interested anyway. So just move on. Yeah. And something that like this bothered me. I think, I mean, pretty much from the start is you don't, when you're talking to people, you don't consider them like people. They're just like numbers on your list. So, you know, I'm not talking to Jane Smith. I'm talking to number 29. And if number 29 rejects me, then I just put an X and I go to number 30. And I could never fully get into that. I'm like, this is a person, I creeped them out enough where they felt like they had to block me. I'm not okay with this. Um, didn't you tell me that that same upper echelon person of Kayani then say to the group, like, it still has 100% success rate? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I had even, I had said that, like he had overheard that or I had 
I had said this person blocked me. And then I overheard him saying to somebody else, this is a hundred percent success rate. And I'm like, I just told you someone blocked me. So some uh, timeline questions. So you said that um, you made, talk to me about how much money you made and then how much money you invested and then how long you were involved in this. Because I know you said that there was like a four to five month stretch where you made all your money and then the next like 12 months you didn't make a dime and you, but you were still plugging away. Yeah. So I um, started in March of 2016. I was basically active until like September of 2017. So it was in the those first six months where I made about $400. And I had gone through and I had added up my expenses with another um, friend of mine that was in the company also a former distributor and conservatively I had spent about $3,000 and the worst thing about that was a lot of that was my family's money. They had helped me go to conventions and pay for meetings and trainings and stuff. So yeah, it was $3,000 spent of my money and my family's money. And that three grand was on, you said, like, conventions. Um, were you buying product for yourself? Were you sort of like your own customer? That Those first three months were, like, the only time I was consistently buying products. But, yeah, they, um, they wanted you to buy the products and they wanted you to, like, they called it, you You need to be a product of the product. So like you are your own customer, but I just couldn't afford it. Yeah, this stuff sounds expensive. Um, did you ever raise your concerns to your upline of like, hey, this isn't going well. I'm spending all this money. These scripts aren't working. This training isn't working. What should I do? Um, yeah, like the most, the the biggest concerns that I, I had raised were um, I keep getting rejected by people. I, I'm doing all the right things. What do I do? And basically, it, it's just the same thing. You just have to go through the numbers. You know, every no just gets you closer to a yes. And um, financially, like, I would raise concerns because I've spent so much money. I can't afford this convention and that just was an excuse that just was not an excuse like you just you don't use money as an excuse like you're there or I'm not working with you but you don't have any this is like your part-time job and you're a full-time student what did they expect they expect you to be all in um and if you're not like you're kind of not worth their time because you're not, you know, you're not hungry enough for the opportunity. It doesn't mean as much to you. Um, part of launching your business, you would write down, they called it your why. Why are you doing this business? And so they would say, well, you know, your reason why isn't just strong enough. Um, you know, you don't believe in your reason why enough, but Anytime like things didn't go well, it was pretty much your fault. They they 
they wouldn't say it in like those exact words, but the blame was on you. How are you feeling during this time? What were your emotions? What was your self-esteem like? What was your self-worth like? Uh, pretty, pretty low. I was, uh, I maybe was getting more confident talking to people because I'm a really introverted person and it's really weird, like talking to people that I don't know really well. Um, but I mean, honestly, my self-esteem wasn't great. I was really stressed. Um, it was just a huge time commitment. And then I also had the, the stress of school. Um, so, I mean, I really, I wasn't a happy person. It's terrible. Do you remember like what the last, the last straw is you're like that's it I'm walking away what was that like I didn't really have that what happened was my upline the one that had spent a lot of time with me he kind of just stopped going to meetings he just kind of oh that person gave up yeah wow I'm kind of like this is my time that I can walk away because I had been thinking about it and then he just kind of stopped going to meetings and really participating in the business. I'm like, oh, my God, I can get out now. That's so interesting. Um, That's the thing about these MLMs. Like, you're not an employee, so you don't have any no. type of, like, annual review. No one takes you aside and says, like, Kayla, what are your goals for, like, Q4? And, like, you know, so you don't have any... There's nothing on record. You're not an employee. You're not salaried. So there's no one to really hold you to task of, hey, you're underperforming or you're, you know, not achieving what you should be. So there's right. no one There's no one to fire you. You can just say at any moment, like, I don't want to play with you guys anymore. I'm out. Yeah, but there's just so um, – you get guilt trips. You get, I mean, just manipulated. This is – Part of the reason why a lot of people say like MLMs are like cult. There is, I mean, I don't know if I would go as far to say like brainwashing, but um, there is just kind of a sense of like a collective consciousness that, you know, um, anybody that questions the leadership, you know, the training, the system, like you're ridiculed, you're immediately shut down. Tell me more about the manipulation tactics. You said you were just being guilted. So if like you said like, hey, I can't go to the Starbucks power hour. I have to meet a professor at her office hours. Um, what would your upline say to that? They they might at first say, well, you know, come after whatever. But if, you, if I'm like, um, you know, I'm busy all day. Um, they would say, you know, I don't think you're taking it seriously or this person's here to help, you know, like you need to respect their time. Um, there was a few, there, there was one time, for example, I was at um, my cousin's birthday party with my, my family and there was um, a high ranking, you know, person that came into town for a training and I, I wasn't there because I was at my cousin's party. And my upline said, hey, um, are you coming to the training? And I said, no, I'm, I'm with family. And he said, 
Um, something along the lines of, well, you know, if it were me, I would do anything um, to be at this training. You know, he's just giving out all of this good information. It, it was it was kind of subtle like that. It was just kind of like, you know, I would do anything to be here and you need to as well. Right. With the implication that you don't want it badly enough. You're, you're right. picking something else over this. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, there, there would be crazy stories and I, I don't know if this is true, but we had, um, you know, uplines that said we missed our son's, you know, birthday party. We missed our daughter's wedding. We, you know, we, we're here. Um, we missed like all of these family events and, you know, they understand because they know that we're building a legacy. So, I mean, they were saying we were missing all these events, so therefore you have no excuse to miss these trainings, these calls or whatever, you know. The, I mean, that took a huge effect on me because for me, like my friends, my family, like they're everything and I would never choose money over them. And yeah. that was kind of like a, a theme, I guess. It's just like you need to be concerned about making money. And just is, that, that should be your main focus. So we have about 10 minutes left. Um, I don't want to take up any more of your time. So I'd love to know about, like, where you are now. You just have dropped this like it's hot. It's been about three years. Um, you're on the other side. Do you uh, tell people to stay away from these MLMs like they're the plague? What do you say? Because it sounds like you've been through hell and back with this. So do you share your experience with anyone else? I do. And um, just to like kind of drive home the point of how much this affects affect me, I didn't even officially like cancel my distributorship until last week. That's just how much like I was still scared to go through with that to officially end it. What so were you I'm scared of? Just, um, I, I didn't know, like, if my upline was going to be notified. I didn't know, like, the process. I didn't know. Um, you have to, like, basically, you, you call, you get a form, and you have to email it back. I didn't know if, like, my reason was going to be valid. And it was just, like, I would all of these years, all of these, um, this time that I put into it, that it, like it officially ended. Well, congrats! Thank you. And did anything uh, happen? No. Um, That's good. No, I, I was so yeah. So I'm officially out of that. But um, sorry, Caleb. What, what no. were you afraid of? Like, what would happen? Like, if your upline was notified. Like, were you afraid that someone would contact you and sort of, like, start you in with this mess all over again? Or did you just I have, like, it, a broader fear of, like, oh, I just can't go back? I think both. I mean, it was just kind of, like, I didn't want somebody messaging me and be like, hey, you know, I saw you ended your distributorship. And, you know, let's talk. Um, can, you know, just anything. I just don't want to be stuck back into it at all. Understood. Um, yeah, and also, I mean, like, there's always that fear of kind of retribution. 
Um, you know, so it was just, a lot of it was irrational fears, but it just was like, it had such a hold on me. Well, cause you had like long to actually end it. Yeah. You, you were sort of like indoctrinated and that process took Mm -hmm. about 18 months. Yeah. And like three years for you to get over it. Right. And as far as, you know, telling people not to do MLM, a lot of my friends thankfully don't. Um, and I, I really like, I've gone after people on the internet. I mean, saying something I'm not necessarily proud of because I'm just so passionate about people that are like pushing their products on social media. Like I've gone into it with distributors kind of like going back and forth just saying, you know, this is not a good thing to be doing. Like how dare you push your products onto people? Yeah. I mean, like I I will call people out on social media that are distributors that are lying and stuff. Um, And, you know, I don't have people coming to me really and asking about my experiences and asking if they should join an MLM. But if they did, I would absolutely advise against it. You fight that good fight, Kayla. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) One thing I wanted to add is just like, I want to be out there because I want my name to be out there. I want my picture to be out there because so many former distributors, like I've seen, they won't even come forward or they'll talk if you like, black out their their face or hide their identity and I want to be out there like I want to be a voice for these people that are so scared to come forward so yes please use my name my picture we got your back we got you 